0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, you know, some of you may have seen the beginning of the Michael Jordan documentary that's been airing, or they started showing it on Sunday, The Last Dance, and I thought that this would be a good time to look back on Michael Jordan's time as a baseball player. You know, as many people know, Michael Jordan played a season in the minor leagues, and he took a break from NBA basketball right in the middle of his prime. And this was when he had just three-peated, won three straight titles with the Bulls. And then he took that break and came back and three-peated again. Uh, there are a lot of you know, theories as to what that was. A lot of people think that he was... Well, there's some people who believe that his um, quote-unquote break from basketball was actually him serving a gambling suspension... But um, I don't really know enough about it. But a lot—that's a very common theory. Nonetheless, we will go into Michael Jordan's baseball career, and I want to talk about the myth that Michael Jordan's stint in baseball, minor league baseball, was an embarrassment. Uh, you know, a lot of people think you know it was well-meaning, but he was just so bad at baseball that baseball sent him back to the NBA after one really bad season. And that's a myth because if when you when you look deeper into it and and realize what Michael Jordan did on the baseball field it was actually a lot more impressive than people are willing to admit. So, let's just give it some context. On October 6th, October 6th, 1993, Michael Jordan did the unthinkable. You know, he was still mourning the tragic murder of his father, which had happened just recently in August. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. He announced that he'd be stepping away from basketball right in the middle of his prime. And he said he no longer had a sense of motivation. And he said he no longer had the sense to prove something as a basketball player. So yeah, MJ signs with the White Sox. Long story short, you know, he, yeah, he does that. He spends the winter hitting in the cages trying to regain a swing. It had been nearly 15 years since he had last played baseball which was his you know his high school days he was actually declared ineligible for his senior season in high school because he played in the McDonald's All-American game for basketball that April so his baseball career was actually over you know by the age of 18 but even at this point you know MJ the most famous guy in the sports world one of the most famous people in the world period is going to draw a lot of attention wherever he goes so you know, when he shows up at spring training, there's going to be an audience everywhere. You know, people following him, wanting to see Michael Jordan play baseball. And you could actually understand why some, like, major league lifers started to resent Michael Jordan at this time. Because, you know, they felt he was using his stature to cut the line. An anonymous American League manager even asked Sports Illustrated, what he hit in high school? 280? I've got players in my clubhouse who are only now starting to hit after living and breathing baseball for 15 years. And this guy thinks he can become a hitter in a couple months. It's a disgrace to the game. So, yeah, that's kind of what the sentiment was from some people. Yet, yet, regardless, the media was going to follow MJ whatever. So, I talk about the myth that Michael Jordan was just such a humiliating baseball player. I think it's a myth. But first, I will argue the reason why people that that would support that idea. Why people might say that. Well, I mean, it's it's fair enough to say that Jordan was the worst hitter in the Southern League. He was playing in double A. I mean, he was hitting against some pitchers who would end up playing in the big leagues, obviously. But this dude picked up only seven hits and 46 at bats, split between Chicago's major and minor league camps in spring training. His swing was rusty. He was trying to adjust to the pitching on the fly. I mean, even the good moments, like the RBI double he had at Wrigley Field in an April exhibition game against the Cubs, that one still looked pretty awkward. But, you know, the White Sox gave him an aggressive start. So like I said, he went to A Birmingham. And he was shoulder to shoulder with some of the best prospects in the game. He actually started off the season very well. He had a 13-game hit streak that brought his average all the way up to 327 by late April. But then things nosedived because after a few weeks of seeing mostly fastballs, pitchers started feeding MJ a steady diet of breaking balls. And he had not never seen anything like that before. I mean, after that, he didn't see a fastball in the zone for probably a month and a half is what they said. And that's what the Baron's hitting coach said at the time. And the hitless nights began to pile up and as did the strikeouts. So, I mean, his manager, Terry Francona, said Jordan even thought about quitting. They had a conversation in Memphis and Francona, you know, said, I think MJ was pretty down. It was probably three months in the season and it was hard for him. He wasn't seeing the games he wanted to see, like, you know, the performances he wanted to see. But when the dust settled at the end of the year, you know, the numbers were pretty ugly. I mean, MJ hit 202 with a 289 on base percentage and 266 slugging for a slash line, with just three homers and 21 total extra base hits in 127 games. No other regular on the Birmingham Barons had an OPS below 600, and MJ's OPS was 556. I mean, he wasn't just the worst hitter on the team. Like I said, he was the worst hitter in the Southern League, and it wasn't really even close. So that's the argument, you know, that, that's the argument That people use when they say MJ was a complete humiliation for baseball because he was objectively the worst hitter in his league. So, let's think about it from the other perspective. Why wasn't this such a failure? Well, let's put it in context. I mean, yes, he was the worst hitter in the Southern League, but he was also the only hitter in that league who hadn't swung a bat in 14 years. And he's also the only guy in that league who had never laid eyes on professional pitching until March of that year. So all the athleticism in the world is not going to help you identify spin, or get your timing down, or do any of the million little things it takes for hitters to become major leaguers. I mean, he, he had a long way to go, and he actually took a lot of steps in that direction. I mean, initially, he didn't even know how to catch a fly ball, apparently. like The outfield coach in the Arizona Fall League said, the first time I saw him fielding, he looked like a five-year-old going for fly balls, catching everything on the run with two hands. And I told him, a big man. Like, you have to catch those on the side with one hand. And he said, that's how my dad taught me, catching everything with two hands. That's how you play the game right. Sure, if you're standing still, which is what the coach said. And then he, the coach was wondering, I, I'm really the first guy to tell this guy how to catch the ball right? So, yeah, MJ didn't even know how to do that. And so if you're considering that and you're expecting immediate success from someone like that, that's just, that's just un- unrealistic. It's like telling someone to, Speak a foreign language fluently all of a sudden, like randomly. It it makes no sense. You got to give him a chance. So if you put aside the ugly box scores, I mean, you have to realize that the tools were there for MJ. I mean, even though he had to learn the art of base stealing on the fly, at age 31, against seasoned professionals and top prospects, he still swiped 30 bags in 48 tries. A 62.5% success rate. I mean, that's just like guys such as Ahmed Rosario or Austin Meadows did last year. I mean, MJ was a major league caliber athlete. That's very obvious, but that just didn't start translating into games. I mean, baseball, like we're talking about guys who need need over a decade of grooming, you know, from the time they're kids. You can't just expect someone to come in in a few months and, and catch up. But the tools were definitely there. And, you know, MJ did start to flounder early in the year when they were throwing him breaking balls. But he improved considerably as time went on. I mean, all three of his home runs came over the final month of the season and they show somebody who's starting to look like an honest to goodness baseball player. I mean, even the writer of that sports illustrated piece, there was a sports illustrated piece that mocked MJ, that writer started to come around and said, I realized I had been wrong. You know, he had a big league swing with bat speed and he was working his butt off. I decided to write a Mia Culpa and, um, that's what he did, but, you know, whatever. No one really cares about that one. But MJ closed the year with 12 hits in his final 40 at-bats, including three multi-hit games, and that pushed his average back up over 200. Then he spent much of September and October in the Arizona Fall League, competing with a collection of, obviously, the best young talent in the game. And he, met, he still managed to hit 252 over 123 at-bats in the AFL. So he's talking about a guy with legitimate 30 steel speed, and an improving hit tool who could play multiple outfield spots and get on base reasonably well. I mean, 10.3% walk rate. I mean, it's just behind what Pete Alonso did last year. That sounds like the outline of a fourth outfielder, right? I mean, not to mention the fact that back in March, he looked like a guy struggling to to even just look like a baseball player. So just by the end of the year, he was, he was looking like potentially he could become a fourth outfielder in the big league someday. So, I mean, that, that's why I think that, People were just way too harsh on on uh, MJ. Maybe it's because a lot of people who who are paying attention to MJ were just coming over from the basketball world to keep an eye on him. And basketball is a sport where you know instant gratification happens a lot more than baseball. Baseball is just different, where it takes years for a top prospect to pan out. Like you can be the number one pick in the draft, and it's completely normal for you to not start looking great a couple years until maybe three or four years down the line. This happens all the time. Whereas that's not the case in in sports like basketball. In a sport like basketball, if you're the number one pick in the draft, you're expected to be contributing on the highest level right away. But baseball is different. It, it takes longer to develop. So I, I think, um, I mean, we should look at MJ's baseball career kind of like we look at Tim Tebow. I mean, you know, like MJ, Tebow struggled at first. And then he's just improved, and he's actually gotten better, and he's proved that he's not a joke. I mean, nobody thinks that Tebow's going to be a future big league star, but everyone acknowledges the difficulty of what he's done. So there's no, there's no reason to suggest that MJ wouldn't have been able to do the same if he had taken more time. But he was back in the NBA the following year, and uh, you know went on to do bigger and better things. So that's just my two cents on the whole Michael Jordan baseball experiment. That's how I think about it. Don't don't be too hard on him. Realize the context of how hard it is to hit a double A. I mean, they just put in double A, for crying out loud. So if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.